Lekker. Um, uh, I'll tell you, um, my wife's going to tune me if I say that, but I feel like on Thursday night, who of you were there Thursday night? Most of us were there now. Uh, on Thursday night after, um, Charles, can you give me a little bit Thanks. Um, uh, on Thursday night when, when I got home, it was like, yes, I don't know if it's like that with you, sometimes with work, but you have certain big things you need to do, and once you, oh no, it's too sad, now I'm going to be excuse. You feel there's certain big things to do, and once you finish one, sometimes it feels like, Whoa, like you, you just shut down. I don't know, have you guys ever felt that? I don't know if you feel that even, but like I got home on Thursday night, and I felt like I had a hangover. I was like, I don't, I've never had a hangover, so I don't even know what it feels like, but it, like, I, I guess it must have felt what it felt like. I was like out of it. So Friday, I was completely spaced out. My wife had been living with the zombie for the past two days. And um, so, uh, I'll be honest, literally last night, after I got back from a wedding, I was like, okay, please, Jesus, you need to help me out here, because uh, the past two days, I couldn't get my head to prep, and like, okay, where do we build from here? And, um, but, point is, point is, I think many of us feel like that, actually, at the moment, you know, we, we've covered a lot of ground lately, and God has been working on our foundation, it's hard work, now. like, if you suddenly see, like, um, I don't know who of you on Thursday night, like, who, who were impacted by Thursday night, let me ask that, like, felt God recalibrate us, now, and, I, and, and I, I'm including myself there, now. and I think sometimes when the Lord does it with us, it's like, it's quite uncomfortable to see, like, yo, to the core of our foundation, there was stuff that creeped in and actually needed rise, and God starts working there, and, um, and uh, so the aim for me of today is like, uh, I'm not going to build a lot. No? I actually want to help us that during this holiday and the time that we slow down and we take a good breather and we actually, the, the pace of life slows up, I want to stir urgency in us this morning to connect with God at all costs. Right? That's what I want to do this morning. I, uh, I want to remind you that all of what we're doing here, okay? The reason why God is building our foundations, the reason why He's working with us, is because He has a desire to connect with you. That's it. All right? It is not about um, just a cool church and a healthy church. All right? It's not that. Like, God did it because He has a desire to meet with you and with others, and that, so that the church can be the hope, okay? But it's like, He wants to find you. Like, intimacy. Uh, I, I can't remember where I heard it in the week, but someone said it's into me see. It's like there's something about intimacy that is we need to allow God to come in here and work with us. And, and so I, I even said to James, and this was not a reflection for me on the worship team this morning, but um, I would probably right now, if we, if we had to land worship, I would score that that was like a three out of ten worship time, okay? And not, not a reflection on them. But it's like, I just felt like I said to Mike, and I felt like we didn't see yeah, we, we didn't see God. So we're trying to sing a song to, to try and stir something up, but we didn't even know what we're trying stirring up. It's like, man, have we lost sight of the wonder, the beauty of Jesus? And actually that he wants to, and it's not a rebuke, okay, hear me? It's like, I think we go through those motions. That's what, that's what I felt like yesterday. I struggled to see. And, uh, and actually, when, when I struggle to see, if I then try and put on something religious on top of that, it just kills me. Yeah. It's like we need to find him today. Is, is that making sense? I want to stir intimacy with us this morning. And um, so just quickly, for those of you who weren't there on Thursday night, some of the things might be confusing this morning. I can't join all the dots and cross the T's or whatever. Like I can't, I can't go through all of that. Um, I even forget, forgot to record on Thursday, so I'm so sorry. Like it's yeah, today, gone tomorrow. That word is in and out, okay? But on Thursday night, we, we did look at, at a guy called Korah. 
and, and this, his sin, and the sin, uh, sin of rebellion, actually, that he had and the, um, in number 16. And um, we, we looked a little bit, the, little bit the, about that and just the Lord's desire for order, leadership, and submission in the house. And one thing I quickly need to recalibrate about Thursday, for those of you who were there. I want to make it clear again that that um, even submission and authority is not aimed at Hannes, all right? I felt when I got home that the Lord just said to me, Hannes, if you drop dead tomorrow, okay, if, so if I drop dead tomorrow, same principles apply. That if God puts someone else in my place again tomorrow, that posture that He wanted to work in our hearts applies to the to the same person. So it's not about recognizing me or whoever we know, because that in a sense is also familiarity. It's the it's what what God is really working in our foundation is recognizing grace, and 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 His His order and leadership and authority in the house. Is that making sense? So I just wanted to clarify that quickly, just so you don't think I think I'm the Pope. Okay, it's like honestly, I mean. And I did say this, like, God can take me out, quick, quick, in a day, all right? But it's like, if we will do well if we recognize the Lord's order in the house, and just how he, how he put it in place. All right, so, just wanted to uh, remind us of that. So, the reason why I refer to that is, so we looked at Korah and his rebellion, and then years later, oh, so years later, I don't know how long afterwards it was, but in Psalms, we read about the sons of Korah, if you guys heard about them. So, speaking about the same guy, and, um, and, and so yes, like, it's quite interesting, I, I went last night and I read, like, how does it work? Because uh, it says what happened to Korah, there was rebellion, and then Moses said to the guys, it'll be good for you to walk away from their tents, okay? So the whole nation walked away from the tents, and then the earth opened up and swallowed, it says, their families, their possessions, their belongings, their kids, everything... And uh, gone, okay, woof, into the into hell, man. and it uh, closed up. Massive moment for the Israelites. They don't listen. The next day, there's a um, uh, uh, a plague that breaks out. Fourteen thousand of them die on the spot. And um, but then years later, we read about a, a guy called the sons of Korah. And I was like, how did these oaks survive? Like, what happened? Who was this? And um, man, there were some theories from theologians, like who was it that actually they were descendants? So the two that actually walked with Moses. When, when they, there were two, I read some of the names, Dathan and the other name that I couldn't pronounce on Thursday night, that, uh, that actually walked with Moses and it watched as it happened. And they were also sons of Korah. And from then, from them, there were descendants again that came down. Um, so I'm just giving you background here quickly, okay? And um, actually, Samuel, the prophet, was a descendant of Korah. How's that? And, um, and you would think like, geez, how does this work in the mystery of God, okay? That somehow just after the, probably the, the, one of the biggest sins that we see in the Bible, okay, rebellion, and that the Lord opened the earth to swallow, swallow people up. We never hear about that again. Somehow Samuel the prophet comes out of that lineage. Proper grace that the Lord has, okay? And there's also, uh, another thing, four there, three there, seven, seven chapters in the Bible that the sons of Korah wrote, okay? And it's like, the Lord's mercy, that it would enable that family, because they were Levites. They, they were worshippers. Yeah? The Korah was, was part of the Levites that actually were supposed to minister in the temple and bring offerings to the Lord. They were like the chosen people, actually, within the Israelites. That they, were like, they, they were able to go into the inner courts and offer to the Lord and do the sacrifices. And like somehow God still had mercy on these people to play a significant role when it came to worship and, uh, and actually impact us today. And um, so, but there was a change. There was a change in heart. I think these guys did learn a lesson, okay, that like never can that happen again. And also, there was punishment. 
and there was consequence that um, actually for those Levites, you would find in it's 1 Chronicles 9, yes, 1 Chronicles 9, it explains about how it worked in the tabernacle. And it actually says the Levites still continued. They made the bread, brought it to the house. But you know what the door, but uh, I gave it away now, but do you know what the, the job was for the sons of Korah? They were the doorkeepers. It says they had the key and they would open the door. Welcome to the house of the Lord. And they can look in, and the presence of God is in there, and they can close the door behind someone who's allowed to go in, but they can't go in. And at night, they'll lock the door, and they'll watch over the treasury. The next morning, open the door, welcome to the house of the Lord, come into His presence, but they themselves weren't allowed to go in. Hectic. Okay? Consequence, because of their father's sin. And... um, and then we read this, and I, I think this is something that, that, that the Lord, I, I just believe He wants to stir in us this morning. And I, I might go off my notes this morning and be a little bit all over the place, but I want to I stir desire in us this morning for God. Um, I don't know if you feel, if you feel it's a little bit numb uh, at the moment when it comes to God. Okay, some of you should have raised your hand, otherwise our worship would have been off the charts this morning, okay? Uh, feeling a little bit numb, just like not seeing God well. And... Um, Psalm 42, we're going to read this morning, okay? If you've got your Bibles with you, you can read with me. Um, and it, it will be on there as well. But, um, man, just last night when I was preparing, I was like so amazed. Some of these things we just read, but as I started seeing the picture of who wrote these things, I was, I was really impacted. So Psalm 42, and if you see in your Bible, uh, there will be a heading under, almost under the psalm that it will say, for the director of music, a mascal, and that's kind of like a, a type of song, of the sons of Korah. These guys. And it starts like this. As the deer pants for streams of water. Can you believe these guys wrote it? It wasn't David, by the way. Okay. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, my God. My soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? How's this? Verse 3 says, my tears have been my food day and night. That's like the consequence, you know. It's like he's asking, where can I go to meet with God? Like, because of what has happened, we are not allowed to just go freely to the house of the Lord. I said, where can I go? Like, my tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? And these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God. It's terrible. Just like saying, hey man, we long to be with him. Like, we remember what it was like when we were able to go to him, but our sin had consequences. We can't just go to him at any stage any, anymore. Says we, are we, are we used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one. With shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why is so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I'll remember you from the land of the Jordan and the heights of Hermon, the Mount of Mizar. I'm not going to go into all that detail today. Deep calls to deep. Who of you have heard that before? All right. It's crying out from within me, God. Like my, it's like my spirit, it cries out for the, for the deeps of God. In the roar of your waterfalls, all the waves and breakers are swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why 
Have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony. My foes this go on. It says, where's your God? My soul, why are you downcast? Why is it disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. It's amazing. It says, my soul longs for the Lord. And, um, and I, I just love, you know, when I, when I, when I process it or not, I love that these guys, I think they could have had multiple reactions out of what happened, okay? The one could have been, we survived, but we out of this thing. Never again can we trust God. He literally swallowed all our people alive, our family, okay? It's like they could have rebelled even more and, and harbored um, anger in their hearts, actually. They could have been upset with, the, with actually the punishment that God dealt with them. It's like, we didn't even have anything to do with that. Man, I don't know. It's like, man, these are consequences that someone else did. And now I'm suffering with this and somehow God is okay with it. They, they could have rebelled against God. It's like, this ain't fair. In, in, in our terms today, okay? They, they could have landed there. They, um, I, I mean, they could, have, they could have just said, we're not getting close to God anymore. Like we know when it comes to the presence of God, there's bad things that go down there. So we could have just, yet there was like a, a, a lesson that they learned or, or a posture that have shifted in their hearts. It's like the very thing that we desire is not to be those that could be in the inner court and start making the calls. We just long for the Lord. We just long for Him. We realize in all of this, what we lost wasn't our title as Levites who were the ones who could go into the inner court and offer the bread and offer sacrifices for all you guys that messed up. Or like we lost our inheritance of the land because they didn't get land, by the way. Also, the Levites didn't get land. They could have been upset about so many things. And, that's, and they came to a place where they realized the thing that was most precious we lost is the presence of God, which we don't have free access to anymore. Yet they said, we'll choose to put our hope in God says, my soul, why are you so troubled? Rise up, praise the Lord, put your hope in God. And there's something I think actually for us as well, and I, I would say this, like, I mean, I said with you guys earlier, the last two days I felt like I was completely spaced out. And uh, like, I actually had to find those, and, those like, things, and, and I think we go through times where we like just slow down, take time. But especially in the, when there's seasons where there's heavy things for us to carry, I think there's a le- lesson for us here actually to to, to lead our hearts again. I spoke about that on Thursday as well. It's like, it says your heart is deceitful above all else. Don't allow your emotions to lead you. Okay? Don't allow your, 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 your feelings to dictate your decisions that you make or, or conclusions that you make about God. It says, guard your heart. Like, lead your heart, actually. Um, it, Andrew, Andrew used once an example. He said, it's like caging your, caging your heart. Put it in a jail and lead it. Don't allow your heart to lead you. You steward your heart because from it flows a wellspring of life. And there's a lesson here, actually, when it comes to praising God, and we're going to go back into worship today, okay? It's like, actually, we need to lead our hearts. Like, even if I feel numb, and even if I'm tired, even if my soul is downcast, my soul, put your hope in the Lord. Rise up and praise God. He's the same. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. And if I say that, it means he is still as worthy as when he was when he healed me of cancer two years ago. He's as worthy as when he, whatever the moment was that you felt, wow, now I want to praise him. He's just as worthy as then. And I need to lead my heart to get to that place. Put your hope in God. Rise up. Praise God. We need to lead our hearts to get there. 
But if we don't see him and if we forget who he is, yes, man, we can have the best worship leader ever. I think Mike is amazing, okay? We can have a great worship leader and you can not see God. All right. <laughs> There's another psalm that they wrote, Psalm 46, about putting their trust in God. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. How's that? Okay? You see where that comes from? All right? Just, though the earth give way. They saw that. All right? Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. And then verse 10, it says, this is a, a worship posture that they actually carry. He says, he says, be still and know that I'm God. He will be, I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And they came to a place. It's like they're growing here. They're leading their souls. But they came to a place. It's the place where we find fortress. The place where we find rest again. It's not in what we do or what our position is or what we have to offer. God is our fortress. God is my rock. God is my deliverer. It's like they're leading their hearts in this process. And um, something I wanted to just touch on with us quickly, um, I, on one of, one of the nights in the week, I, um, I was about to get in bed and I put on a, a, a teaching from um, one of the Fort Worth conferences, I think it was like 2014 years ago, that, that someone preached, and, um, or MC was sharing actually, and, and MC was sharing, she had a dream the one night, you know, Andrew and MC, okay, Andrew's wife, she had a dream the one night that... Andrew came to her, and in the dream, he had this long hand with this finger that like, was like a whip uh, that like, went up and down. And he, in the dream, he came to her, and he said to her, you are not studying the Word of God. And it was like this whip that, that was like going at her. And he says, you need to read the Word of God. You need to study, study, study. And he says it was like echoing in a dream, like study, 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 study. And she says she woke up. And at that very moment, Andrew woke up and he turned to her and he says, he, he, he literally went like, he says, you need to read the word of God, okay, in real life, okay, not in the dream anymore. And she says she was like completely freaked out, like, like uh, it was clear as day that God was speaking to her and that he woke up Andrew to say the same thing to her. And, and just as she was sharing that, I was like, there was something again that dropped. I remember that preach from years ago. It's one of those that stuck with me forever. And there was like an urgency that she was, uh, I can, maybe I hope you guys remember. She shared it here with us in Malkos about a, a Dirki. If you can remember the preach about Dirki, as some of you might remember, okay? And, um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, sorry, I can't get into that story now. But um, as I was listening to it, and it was like 11 at night, I, I put it on because I thought I'm going to fall asleep with the preach, okay? And I just didn't fall asleep. Like God was working me. And it actually started stirring in me because um, I, I was carrying a lot, you know, this pastoral stuff that some of you are struggling with. There's, there's shifts in leadership that we need to do. There's, um, man, the, the recalibration we had to do on Thursday. And it's like oh, it was weighing on me, you know? And, um, and also, often when I come to the Lord, it's like, God, what do you want us to do here? How do I communicate this? How do I share that? What do you want us to do here? And as I was listening to that, I just felt the Lord said to me, remind them to see me. Remind them to spend time with me. Remind them that I am the one that they need to find. Remind them that, that they need to read. And, um, and there was also this, this debate once that MC was sharing, you know, like guys were debating and they were like, uh, like I don't know, atheist versus Christian, one of those random debates. And uh, they would ask this guy, so how did you get to that conclusion to make this decision? And he said, well, there is this book that 
that has a lot of life in it. Bible, okay? And, um, and just like as the, as the thing was going on, I said, well, there is this book. There is this book. There is this book. And I want to remind you guys, there is this book which con- contains God. I want to say that again. There's this book that contains God. Where it says that the Word came and He, he came and lived among us. But it's like He was made flesh, the Word. But it's Jesus in, in, in written form. And, um, and man, I want to stir you. I don't, know, I don't know how again. It's one of those plates that we often need to keep spinning. It's like we can drop it so quickly. But do you spend time with God in your personal day? When you wake up in the morning, do you find Him? Do you, do you run to him and say, God, my soul longs for you. My spirit thirsts for you. If only I can find the living God. Is, is there a posture of that in us at the moment? Or, or are we running from thing to thing and conference to conference, camp to camp, Sunday to Sunday, Wednesday to Wednesday, and someone else to feed us? What is the revelation that God told you this week? You know, that's no different than the Old Testament that we're just waiting for the prophets to tell us what God said. He tore the veil that he said, now all of you can come in. We don't longer have to live in a place where you only come in here where I have to tell you what God taught me. That's not it. I keep made the way that all of us can here. And, it's, and this is an f- interesting thing, you know, because Korah said, Korah's one thing was like, who are you to want to lead us? Because all of us can hear God. That was his, that was his rebellion, actually. He says, all of God, God is in us. We all can hear God. And he misunderstood the principle of, of order in the Lord's house. But there was also truth that we all can hear God. We all need to hear God. It's not only via me that you're going to have to engage with God or via whoever is leading you as your com leader. You need to find God. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, sometimes in, uh, I can almost see it coming now already, when, when we run hard like this, and uh, sometimes my wife and I, we put our heads down and we're like, okay, there's like three or four weeks, and I just say to her almost, babes, I'll see you in four weeks' time. I, <laughs> I'm there, but, but I'm not there really. Like, I just put my head down and I graft, okay, and there's things I need to do, and I'm out, and we've got Lisa, and we juggle, and we try and connect as much as we can, but there's seasons that we just put our heads down and we run. And, uh, and then we take a breather, and we're like, okay, we need to re- reconnect and recalibrate it. But you know what's terrible? Sometimes what happens is, and I, I hope it doesn't happen when you go away this time. So we go away, and as we start driving around out of Cape Town, and we get around there by Gordon's Bay, I like driving that scenic route, okay? It feels like I switch off when I, when I drive that cliff path, okay? And um, I realize often when I get there, even now we an hour or what out of Cape Town, and we're still speaking about the church as, as we drive. And then we're like, oh, we need to... We're going away for two weeks now. Is that person going to be okay? Are they going to be all right with this? Or should we maybe just call them quickly? And maybe we should just, in a week's time, just follow up. And like, the only stuff we have in common at some stage feels like is other people. And um, we realize we, we, we're running so hard. We, it's like we're dis- disconnected from one another that the only things we can chat about is other people. And then we're like, okay, babe, babes, stop. Like, we're not allowed to answer messages. Switch off. We need to be on holiday here, Okay. And then it's like we don't have anything to speak about for the next while. It's like, oh, how are you doing? Okay, uh, she she's better with that than me. She will start asking me questions that I cringe. I guess like, oh, I don't know what I want to answer. Any of the guys out there? Okay, it's like my wife. So she, she she stops. It's like, so hundred and I'm like, oh my goodness, here we go. It's like, 
I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's going on in here always, okay? And, uh, but it's good for me. I have to answer that, okay? Husbands, we need to get to the place where we have to be able to answer that question, okay? But um, same as that happens to us, and we need to fight for that. Then it's like we have to put our phones away, whatever. We, all, all the other problems, we start speaking about Lisa the whole time. It's like our kids, you know, what's in our life. What, 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 and then we, we miss one another. And then at the time, we actually just need to stop. We need to play games. And we actually need to be intentional, like after to go through the awkwardness and answer some of the questions so that we can engage. And, um, and I wonder sometimes with God, you know, is it like that? Like, and I, I mean, I've got nothing to hide from a wife. I don't know why it's awkward. It's just, you guys, you're with me, yeah? So sometimes it's difficult, man. But sometimes with God, it's like that, you know. It's like if it gets too close, it's like we don't know what to do. What will I say? When, when, when God really comes and into me see, okay, intimacy, it's like, what am I going to do? What do I have to offer? Like, and especially if there's sin and stuff that's hidden and things that the Lord want to deal with. You're like, no, thank you. We'll just read and we'll study the word. That was a great revelation, but no connection. And I actually want to stir us, quiet time is not our time to study. It's not, okay? And it's tricky for me because I, th- I think like, and I'll put myself in there. It's like I, I need to teach often, okay? I need to preach. I'm like, please, Jesus, speak to me. But my quiet time can't become what God wants to say to you. My quiet time needs to remain between me and the Lord. And, and so sometimes I need to force myself to switch that off so that I can engage what God wants to do in me, that he can see into me. And... um. I'm so far off my notes, but um, a while ago, I was, I was listening to something, and um, anyway, God sp- spoke the thought in me. It's like my, my grandpa has been in ministry his whole life, and he's an incredible man, and he's, he's quite close to death. That sounds terrible, but like every time we see him, I don't know if we'll see him again. And I felt the one that the Lord told me, call him and just, just learn. Just ask him questions. Ask him what were some of his highlights, what was his lowlights, what would he have done better, what is things that he wish he could change. So I call him out of the blue. I said, and so I put him on video call and he keeps putting his thumb over the camera. <laughs> it's like, I remember, it sometimes I just gave up. Okay? It's like, whatever, I know you're there. At least you can see me. But uh, so, so I just had like an hour chat with him where I just asked him questions. I was like, when did you feel the call of God? Like, what were some of your highlights? And he starts sharing with me and it's like, he came alive, man. And um, it was so cool. He said to me, he was part of Billy Graham's crew when they were ministering and they ministered to like 30,000 people. I was like, how did I not know that? Okay, this is like in my inheritance here. And um, anyway, I asked him some questions. But, and one of the, thing, the things I asked him is like, if you could redo it again, what would you do different? And um, one, of the things, one of the things that, um, sorry, that's my child calling me there. But um, one, of, one of the things he said, <laughs> one of the things that he said was, um, he wished he obeyed God earlier. He says he took long to listen to the Lord, to obey the call. And then he had four kids by then, and he had to leave his job, go back to study, live in a two-bedroom flat with four kids. My mom basically raised the kids. And um, it, was, it was just said some of that journey. And, but then he said this. He says, he realized that in, in, in ministry or in life, there's a lot of pressure on our hearts, emotional taxing that, 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 that the world takes out of us, and a lot of attention that it needs. And he says, sometimes he only gave God a little bit of time every day to work in his heart, but it wasn't enough. He says, for God really to work in our hearts, we need to give him time. And, and, so that, and, and, and I mean, he can do things in a moment, but it's actually for us to realize, ah, this is actually that. 
that's making it hard here. And like for God to, to work that emotion out of us. And he says, I wish I had spent more time on my knees to allow the Lord to work in my heart. And uh, not about what I wish he would have done and big stuff or whatever. It's like, I just wish I listened to God and gave him more time to work in my heart. And, and, and I, was, I tell you why it was scary for me, because my grandparents are known to spend hours on their knees, still today, and, my dad, and, and he struggles to get up out of bed on their knees. And our, our whole family on my mom's side is saved, because we are grand, praying grandparents. And he says, I wish I had given God more time. I'm like, yes, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And there's a principle for us there, and I think it's something I, I, I want to try and apply going forward, is sometimes... Not, not only getting into, into the Word, but sometimes I get in my car and I drive. I just go for a long drive. and Because um, when I'm in the car and I can't be on my phone and I can't read and I can't just switch off everything, and I say, okay, God, I'm here, speak. And I, I'm surprised what comes up in my heart. Right? And I want to encourage you. For you, like with the burdens that all of us are carrying, all of us are carrying stuff. There's family pressure, there's life pressure, there's business pressure, there's financial marriage, there's all those pressures. Give the Lord time to see into your heart and to work in your heart. Give Him time. You know, it happens so quickly for us to lose Him. I'm thinking about Luke 2. I'm just going to summarize, but you know, where, where Jesus' parents was walking, and they were walking back from the temple. And it, uh, let, let's read Luke 2, 244. But it says, thinking that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And how, how easy does it happen with us? This is Jesus in human form, and his parents lose him, okay? He, he's around here somewhere. And uh, thinking he's part of the crew, and um, they just continue going on. And then it says, they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Okay, that's long moves by foot, okay? And um, after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And um, this is the parents of Jesus who almost lost him, or, or did lose him for three days. Okay, can you imagine if he was gone, how they would have answered to the Lord for that one? And, um, and so, but how quickly does this happen if it happened in the flesh with him? How, how easy for us, is it for us to go for a day or for three days or for a week or for six months for some of you? It's like, wow, I thought Jesus was with me. And he's not. He hasn't been with you for some time. He's somewhere else. It happens. It happens. And I think, you know, what's scary is, is when that numbness starts and we don't listen to it, we just keep going about the journey. Surely he's around here somewhere. And uh, we just keep going. And then sometimes after six months or a year or whatever, we're like, where is he? And we need to look for him again. And I, I feel even, you know, like, there's something about the sons of Korah that is like, actually, like, God wants to fulfill this picture for us. You know, actually, rebellion to its core is like my way and my ideas, my thoughts, my opinion, my, I too can never say. Okay? And the lesson that those guys have learned is like, we need Him at all cost. It's actually what God is after for us. And, you know, actually, when we all live like that, it's like the order of the house of God is restored anyway. Because who am I? Who am I? It's God that we need. I'm going to finish with this. Psalm 84. Again, uh, it says, For the music di- director of music, according to Gittath. Okay, I don't know. That's another style of song. Uh, someone once explained a different type of song. So it's like, anyway, of the sons of Korah, 
a psalm, okay, the same guys. And you guys would have heard this one before, but it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns. It even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And maybe, maybe I'm going to read this over us. And just allow God to, to stir something in you again. A longing and a love for the presence of God. Mike and maybe the worship team, if you guys can come back on. Um, and and keep, in, keep in mind just the situation, you know, and how, how lost they became. But it says, even the sparrow has found a home. And the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay a young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. And he's basically saying, even the birds can do it, but we can't. We, we're not allowed to go in. But it says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And yeah, this will explain it for you guys. They can't go in. But they say, if only. If only. It will be better for us to be in the house of God and in His presence for one day than, than a thousand anywhere else. If only we could be with God. It's better than a thousand days anywhere else in the richest place we can be. We need Him. I would rather, and this is a posture, I would rather be a doorkeeper so they're actually settled. We can even be the doorkeepers that could see God every now and then. And when we open the door, we know He's there. There must be something that they could have felt of God. We would rather be doorkeepers in the house of God, of my God, than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Hmm. David wrote this in Psalm 73, 28. He says, But as for me, it is good to be near to God. I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I'll tell of all, all your deeds. And... um. I want to stir us today. I, we've had moments over the last few weeks where the Lord actually really came and He ministered to us and we, we, could have, we could find refuge in God. And I remember a few weeks ago when we just worshipped, there were actually a lot of tears happening and God working in us and we find refuge with Him. And, um, and I think often it's at a place where, where we carry heavy things and we can come before the Lord and put it before Him. And He comes and He's gracious and He works with that. But... And I, I hope I can articulate this well. But it's like God wants to go further today. And it's not only, He says, I don't want only what's weighing heavy on your heart. He says, would you, would you allow me to get into your heart and actually start determining what should weigh heavy on your heart? Does that make sense? He says, do not only come today as we're going to worship and say, God, you know, this thing, that, that's heavy on my heart. We could do that, okay? And God allows us to do it. We can find refuge with God and, and he, he invites that. But sometimes if we just do this and we, we open our hearts and say, okay, God, come in. Come in and have your way into me, see, okay? You're never going to look at that word the same, okay? Look into me and speak. And sometimes, you know, it's like that, like that with God when I have quiet time. And sometimes I'm, I'm reading something or I'm listening to him. And suddenly I'm just like, 
okay, wow, I can hear God is on that. And as I give him time and as I work with him on that, suddenly it's like he unlocks something in my heart which I wasn't aware of. It's like, oh my goodness, there's this thing. Well, there's this that he wants to do in us. I just think, I just feel for some of you it's been a long time since God has done that. And he longs for that today more than, more than what you long for it. Let me just tell you that. Okay? More than what we can say, how I long for you. God is actually saying, you know, the story of the New Testament and Jesus sending his son, that's him saying, how I long for you. There was a divide between me and you. None of us could enter in. And he says, I'll make a way. I'll pay the price because I long for you. I long for your heart. So I think just in light with that, I want to I wanna ask, there, there's a moment for us, you know, sometimes where I think we're trying to do the right thing. And maybe some of you have been with, in church for a long time, for many years. But you've never realized that Jesus sending a son was actually, or, or God sending Jesus, okay? <laughs> Sorry, bad theology. No. But God sending his son was him paying a, bri- a price saying, I long for your heart. It's not just so cool, here's a free ticket for you to just get what you want. It's it's God saying, I long to connect with you. I long to see into your heart. And and all of us need to have a time where we can say, I mean, I want that. God, look into my heart. I want to give you my heart. That's what it means. I give you my heart. Look into it. I'm yours. Work with me. I'm, I'm yours. And I, I feel there could be a moment for someone today to actually say, if that's, a, if that's the first time, if you've never said, God, I, I invite you, come and do what you want to do. I'm yours. You need, there's a moment for you today to do that with God, and He's going to take it. All right? He wants to do it. I wrote it many years ago when I got saved. My mom bought me a Bible, a New King James of all sorts, okay? And, um, but I, I, I asked for it, by the way. But it's like, I wrote in the front, the 2nd of May, on my mom's birthday is when I got saved. 2nd of May, 20, <laughs> uh, oh God, 2009. 2009. I wrote it. That is the day that I opened my heart and I allowed God to come in. Something, t- something turned. Today is the 25th of June, 2023. And, and there could be a moment for someone here to say, that is the day that I opened my heart and I said yes to the Lord for Him to come in and have His way with me. And I want to just make a space for someone here this morning. If if you've never done that, but you want to say, God, into me see this morning. Come and see into me and I want to give you space. I want to open my heart for you to do that. You want to do that with Him this morning. Don't you want to raise your hand quickly? And I would just love to pray with someone. If that is the first time that you want to say, God, yes, I opened my heart. I want you in. I want to receive what Jesus has done. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. There's someone else. I want to say, today is the day that I want to invite God in and say, yes, God, see into me. That's great. Mm. Oh, so cool. All right. Let me, can we just, I was on, so long as feel better. I just want to stretch, we just want to stretch. It's so cool. We, we've been spending a lot of time together with him and, it actually came out on Thursday that there was never a day for her. And she loves God, man. But she's never actually had a moment to open her heart to the Lord like that. And I told her prior to the service today, I think today is a day. We're going we're gonna to have to receive God. And we just want to genuinely celebrate with you guys what he's doing. And 
just want to let's pray. God, we just thank you for us on. And uh, Lord, we know that she loves you already. And But there's never been a day where she just said, yes, God, in intimacy. And I just pray that today would be a significant moment for her. Lord, that... And I, I pray even even more than what she can offer you, that today she'll just be overcome, Lord, by mercy, the mercy of Jesus, that long before she thought of finding you, you reached to find her. And I pray that today, the 25th of June, 2023, will be a turning point in her and Kurt's life, God, of her walking with you on a different level. Just bless her, God, in Jesus' name. We thank you for salvation, Lord. We bless you for them, God. Thank you, God. Amen.